Welcome, everybody, to Tuesday Nights Just for Fun. We are live already. We're no live. intro, nothing else. We just jump on. Jump right in. Yes. Yeah. We're right into it. Uh, so Jumping into the show with an expiration date. That's right. Show with an expiration date. We don't know what it is yet. We'll uh, be it soon. Yeah, hopefully. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I think we're going to have a good show tonight. We're going to talk about cash quality and health. Cash health. Uh, not our health. Our, well, I don't know. Hopefully our health, too. But well, you, know, <laughs> you never know. You can improve your health. Um, before we dive in and get wrapped up in this, do you want to uh, mention, because uh, Bounce Bounce is here, do you want to talk mm -hmm. about what we're doing for Gadget Talk next week? I will. So next week will be Gadget Talk. We're alternating weeks right now. Um, and uh, we are going to, or not we, uh, Bounce oh. Bounce is going to go over buttons and switches, which nice. should be good because that's really bringing it up to the next level, right? He's done a few things so far. He's building on everything. Buttons and switches are something to add, you know, whether it's temporary power or whatever you're doing, you know, part of your, part of your hide. Uh, if you haven't done that, that's uh, that should be taking it up to the next level. So that should be a really good one. And I'm actually kind of curious about that too, because I had an idea that I bounced off of him, <laughs> bounced off of him. Bounced off him. <laughs> um, and he was like, yeah, and it was related to a button. So uh, this should, this should answer my question. Good. Well, so excellent. Um, I can learn just enough to get myself in trouble with some of these gadget caches now. <laughs> just enough to be dangerous. Yeah. So that should be a good show next Tuesday night and not us being silly on every other Tuesday. Right. Right. Like tonight. <laughs> like tonight. Well, let's, let's, let's dive in. I think this is going to be a good one tonight. Um, I found something. Um, but first, I, but first, what? Happy, Cinco de Mayo. happy Cinco de Mayo. If anybody celebrates that out there, I hope you're having lots of fun and lots of margaritas and hope everybody is exactly. Um, and hopefully everybody enjoyed, uh, May the 4th be with you. Yep. We had a lot of fun last night. We're doing, um, book club. Do you, yep. Uh, book club. Yeah. Book we club uh, for the patrons. Uh, a lot of fun. We picked out our next book for the next time around and yep. Um, we're almost finished with this first round. It went pretty well. We're learning something new as we go and it's been a lot of fun. That's, that's something that'll unlike this podcast, that's something that will survive the Corona. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Fun. Canadians. Howdy. 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 That's a very, see, I, I think all the time they spent down here in the South is kind of, it's rubbing off on them. It's rubbing you know, off on them. Yeah. For dinner. That's not very Cinco de Mayo. -ish. <laughs> that does not fit with, uh, but it is international. So in our group, do you think more people celebrated Cinco de Mayo or May the 4th be with you? Oh, gosh. I might be split. Yeah, maybe split. I don't know. But I mean, I don't, I don't know how you really celebrate. I mean, I watched some Star Wars yesterday. That's celebrating it. So, yeah. I had had yesterday off, so that was nice. Uh, uh, uh I had had uh tacos. tacos i'm jealous because mine have not arrived no um jesse's a little hangry right now so 
I am. I am. It's a good time to do a question and answer thing when I'm hungry and uh, angry. Yeah. I'm right. Go you go well. Start yelling at this thing. Oh, I can't believe it. No, no. Hey, so we're on the way too. So that should make for a really fun show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will. That'll make a. That'll make for an interesting oh. night. Mm-hmm. Um. So, very cool. Greetings, greetings. Hey, uh, thanks for filling in for us on Sunday. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, good feedback. It was nice to, to have a little break and uh, spice it up, do a little different. Yeah, we appreciate that. Very, very thankful for you guys. Well, that's the advantage of having an awesome network, right? It is. We talented people in the network now. We have we can do really different shows all the time. Yeah, that's that's key. I don't think many shows can just have none of them on and right, still have. Right still have a lot of fun and great shows and all that so yeah i can't i couldn't be much happier than and obviously we're in a weird time right now too right but yeah um i couldn't be much happier than all the people on the team we got a we got a big team yeah and it's it's going really well so yeah you know it's um it, it was it was it's nice to have that that luxury mm-hmm. of having extra great people part of the network so absolutely oh thank you ryan we appreciate it Thank you very much. All right, let's dive in. Cash quality and health. So I'm going to ask- another one of those ambush shows, right? It may be anyway. I don't know because I have bit. not seen any notes on this one. So we're going <laughs> to dive but in. I, from what I understand, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have some spirited opinions on it. So this should be fun. Yeah. So let's this was these were questions that were raised to the product team at geocaching.com, mm-hmm. and the product team recently approached. Um, the data team with a series of questions related to cash quality and health. And so the first question is um, how many, well, let me, we have a, we have to define some rules here or define some um, um, terms. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you about uh, inexperienced owners. Okay. What they define as an inexperienced owner is the following. For this analysis, an inexperienced cash owner was considered an account with 50 fines or fewer and a creation date, which they mean the date that they created a, created an account. Right. Um, less than three months in the past. Okay. I would, I would say that's inexperienced. Yeah. Less than 55. That's not a negative thing. That's just no, no. you're newer to the game, right? They're, they're right. They're just inexperienced. They're not so good I like that they included the time and fines on there, right? Because some people do not find a lot, but they've been around the game for a while. Right. And some people find a lot, but they've only been in the game for like a month. True. So neither one of those conditions would make it extremely experienced, but. Right. So I think that's a good way to define it. Good job for yeah. them. Good job. Uh, since 2010, and these are a little bit older, so we're just going to go with it. <laughs> um, I think this is up to 2018, so a couple years old, but that's not too bad. Since 2010, the absolute number numbers as well as relative percentage of inexperienced cashers publishing caches mm-hmm. has dropped overall with the slightest of upticks in percentage in 2018. Uh, overall, which is interesting, that maybe they're getting the hint that they need to wait and not try to publish until they have more information. So I yeah. actually like that. Uh, overall, 
inexperienced cashers account for what percentage do you think of all caches published? Inexperienced. This is again, oh. we, we define inexperienced now, cashers less than 50 and less than three months. Yes. So, how okay. many? It's a pretty low amount. Uh, because that's a pretty tight time frame. I would say 16%. Okay. You're a little high. Does, is there oh, anything? Hey, the, I was just randomly pulling that out. I know. So. Is there anything in the chat room? Because I'm I'm looking at the, the the screen. So what is the? So let me let me put it out Ryan here. Ryan says one percent. Who else has got a guess? Ten percent for Rhonda. Okay. Yeah, I'll put it in the banner so you can kind of so maybe it's a bit easier to see. Three percent, twelve percent. Got some guesses in there. Overall inexperienced cashers account for what percentage of all caches published? You know what? How do they? So I guess they pulled the numbers from the time, right? Because if they published a cache and then found more, that would kick them out of that inexperience, but they're doing it at the time they publish it. Right. Okay. Okay. So, and I will now fix this uh, banner so I can show you. Four point two percent. Oh, that is really low. Okay, of all caches published. Okay, I would have thought it might have been higher, especially if you would have thrown in the stat like publish one. Uh -huh. Right? You see that a lot. It's pretty close. Yeah, John was close. We had one people. A bunch of people were close. Schematic, you know, we we had some close close answers on that one. Five percent. Good. That's very good. Um, okay. So the next part of that is 4.2% uh, of all caches published and 10.2% of all accounts having caches published. Not sure how that, what that. Wait, hold on. So say that one again, because that seemed to be. Yeah, let me put it in here so we can kind of see it. So 4.2% of the caches. Yeah, so it, it reads like this. So I'm not sure. Again, we're okay. overall inexperienced cashers account for 4.2% of all caches published and 10.2% of all accounts having caches okay. published. So those 4.2% are publishing more than one, which would make up for that. So it's not like they're publishing one each. They're publishing like maybe... 10 or something. 10.2% of all accounts. That's including all experienced cashers. Yeah. Maybe of all accounts having caches published. Yeah. 10.2% of all accounts. Oh. A lot of people are experienced, but don't have caches published. Yeah. So here's something that may account for some of those numbers too. Yeah. How many of those do you think are group accounts that publish like a geo art? Oh, right. Well, because, you know, a lot of people will set up like for an event, they'll oh, a brand yeah. new account and publish 100 caches as GeoArt for like a mega or whatever. So it's like a sock, puck, sock, little sock puppet account. Yeah. And I, I don't even want to say sock puppet, right? Because sock puppet implies something negative. But um, when you're going to do a GeoArt for a mega event, you generally don't tie that to somebody's account because they're going to get hundreds of thousands of emails in one weekend. Sure. A lot of times they'll publish those under a brand new thing. Like they'll say, you know, 
Colorado 14er GeoArt is the name of that account. Right. And then they'll publish a hundred caches or whatever. Um, and then it may be adopted out later, but during that first mega weekend. So, so I wonder how much of that is GeoArt. True. I see what you're saying. Um, Sherry points about lots, lots of caches don't publish. That's very true. Absolutely. We are going to get into that. That's a, that's a question. Sherry is going to come up here in a little bit. Um, um, so here's percentages about accounts, not number of cash hides. Right. That's true, but I wonder how many. Yeah. But 10. Yeah. That's kind of a confusing stat. It is a little, little confusing. Let's try this one on for size. Cash owners with a cash published in the past year by account age, a total of 6.6% of all caches and 13.5% of all CO accounts involve an account that is less than three months old. So inexperienced cashers, mm -hmm. they are they account for six point six point six percent of all caches, and thirteen point five percent of all CO accounts involve an account that is less than three months old. Oh wow! So I'm surprised that they 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 publish that much six percent. I mean, shouldn't they be but waiting? Saying that thirteen point five percent of all accounts. Are less than three months old. Involve an account that is less than thir three months old. Thirteen point five percent. So that's interesting. You know, uh, since this is since twenty ten, so they're looking at eight years, twenty ten to, to twenty eighteen. Yeah, but again, I I don't know. I'm not sure where. Again, I, I think you need. My opinion is you should wait until you've done. But how do you set those parameters up, right? Well, there's yeah, there's no way to do that. We've had that discussion. Everybody's had that discussion many times, you know. Although I've uh, I've gone on record making the very controversial opinion that if geocaching wanted to make it where you had to be a premium member to hide caches, yeah, it'd be hard to argue with that business model. You're right. Absolutely right. This is an interesting one. This gets into what Sherry was mentioning earlier. Let me bring this one up. Even more striking. Here, Rob, by the way, so all right, so good ready. job. Way to go, Christy. Just uh, keep an eye on him tonight. You're not driving. Uh, well, you're driving the show, but <laughs> I'm not driving. In fact, <laughs> I'm again, more celebration time. Arriba, arriba. All Sorry. right, I'm gonna have a party over there. Even more striking is the proportion of caches that cannot be published that are submitted by inexperienced owners as seen in these charts, which you can't see the chart, but you get the info. 14.9% 14, of all unpublished caches submitted in the past year. 14. So that's from brand new cachers or yeah. inexperienced owners. But you know what? That makes sense though, right? Like they don't, they haven't, because nobody reads the rules. Right. Um, and a lot of them have started on an app, right? They start on the app. They don't go to the website, so they don't read many of the rules. So they try to publish a cache like they've seen. Well, if you've only seen 50 caches, you haven't seen all the rules for sure. Sure. Well, right. And they're applied, right? Um, so, yeah, some good comments. Ian says, I have no problem with new caches hiding caches as long as they follow the guidelines and reviewers take timely action on abandoned caches. Well, so. The problem is... Reviewers, it's not really set up for reviewers to take timely action on abandoned caches. Right. 
they kind of do better now than they used to a little bit. Yeah, I, that's not a reviewer problem. I'm not blaming that on the reviewers. What I'm no, saying no. is not, there hasn't been a mechanism in the past past right. for them to go, this person's not active, their account goes into defaults or anything like that. Which we've talked about that many times, right? We, hopefully it's going to move to that direction, but not to jump ahead. Yeah, Rhonda mentioned about <laughs> that's for another show. That's right. <laughs> got the, got the uh, maracas going there. Uh, Rhonda mentioned new caches and new owners here too. Yep, thank you. We are, we're not opposed to new caches and new owners. No, absolutely not. Oh my gosh, no, we want them. Well, uh, and here's an, and I'm not touting this show by saying this, but um, the very fact that new cashers are, I mean, if they're listening to a podcast, that means they're not just firing something off. They're seeking information. Sure. You're trying to make yourself more valuable. There are some awesome new cashers, but there's yes. also a lot that don't seek information. They just throw something out because they saw one. I can duplicate that without even checking the rules. Right. Um, so oh, trackable to be discovered is <laughs> watch the show and you'll see it. And that's right. Listen. You can listen to the show too. We love all our audio and listening. Huh. There's a question on the forums today from a cashier with less than three months experience that wanted to know how to become a reviewer. First of all, they're insane. <laughs> Second of all, um, you need a lot more time in than that for sure. Yeah. But you know what? My, my other thought on that though is I like the enthusiasm. Absolutely. Look at that. Big issue with that is community maintenance propping up abandoned caches. Uh I could go. Oh my gosh! That's for hours. For, that's. Oh my gosh! That's for another show completely. You know it is, and you know what? Let's have that show soon because I need to throw a fit. <laughs> we talked about that. Uh, I know, but I'm not done throwing a fit because I haven't fixed it yet. Although HQ is on their way to fixing that, they're testing out a lot of stuff, and obviously they can't move as fast as we want them to because they have to. They're the pinpoint, right? They have to. They can't just go, oh, yeah, let's just try something new and affect 3 million people at one time. They've got to test it out, which they have been doing. So, You're right. New cashers do bring new ideas. Yes. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's um, – you and I had a discussion the other day about that where uh, if a cash is out there and the owner has been gone for five years, people keep propping it up. Well – until <laughs> they prop it up until it's missing. And then people fix it when they shouldn't be fixing it. Look, Ian's request will be granted. We will absolutely do a show on that coming up. Okay. We'll do that. We'll keep, yeah. we'll save that. All right, let's move and on. That's, that's, that's a, a show all by itself. Easily. <laughs> and as we go through this tonight, just to make sure we're, we're clear about it, right? We are not bagging on new cashers. We want new cashers in the game. Yes. This is not a batch brand new cashier show tonight. So No, no, no. We're moving on. We're moving on. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So what constitutes a good cash owner? Here's what they had in, the, in their data. This is, a okay. this is a difficult question to answer as the number of opinions of this likely matches the number of caches there are. So there's a lot of opinions, obviously. Based on the results of the 2018 cash quality survey, which we talked about, we did a mm -hmm. show on cash quality uh, a while back. There are these are the things that our users found that a cash owner could do to improve 
cash quality. So let me throw them at you one at a time. Here we go. You can comment on this one right here. Mm -hmm. Be more thoughtful about cash location and container. Right. And we're not just talking about like, you know, that the dollar store um, Ziploc container or, you know, dollar store uh, plastic containers are going to break in a week. It, right. Think about where your cash location is. And, you know, I've screwed that up myself when I was brand new. I've hit one that was right up by a sidewalk. And the next thing I know, people were cutting through somebody's flower beds to get there because that was the straight line to get there. I didn't think about that location. Right. Right. But that's you got to think about your location, not just for safety, but for for who is around it. Because obviously I didn't get permission to do it because, you know, you don't do that. Sure. Um, but uh, the container, the container needs to last and be quality. And, you know, you know, do you want your name associated with a container that's subpar? I right. would say no. So I, I think that's pretty important there. The cash location and cash container, like we talked about recently, what if we only got five caches? That's the only you could hide. Oh, yeah. How high would quality go then? Now, I'm not saying they should do that, but I'm saying if you only got five caches or you can only hide one new one per every six months or something. Right. Imagine how much quality and time you would put into that one container. Right. Exactly. No, that's good. Next one, maintain geocaches more regularly. Mm -hmm. These are all the qualities. Uh, just want to remind everybody, we're talking about the what constitutes a good cash owner. I would agree with this. And I would also say that includes both the web page, any links on there, yeah, and the container itself and the surrounding area, right? Not right. just the log, because logs can be replaced. I consider that just part of normal. If it's you know not a unique log, obviously put a right in the rain log if you can, because it's so much better than mush. Yes. The cash I found this morning had a right in the rain. I was so happy. Um, <laughs> Perfect. But, uh, you know, I think all of that is part of it, right? If you have a puzzle or if you have something else like that, online is just as important as the offline part. So Jeff brings up a point about where he's got back on new cashers. Well, that's fine. But ironically, I've just, I've just had a few new cashers, down a trail with a cache of mine, all, all logged, found, none signed the, I'm thinking he's talking about the physical log, but they were there. Take a pen, sign the log, y'all. Hey. So here's something about the cache owner too, right? I'm sure he did it correctly, but there's a couple ways to go with this. You get one of those logs. One is just automatically delete it because they, they didn't do the rules. So yep. you have the right to just automatically delete it, right? Or... Like we talked about recently, again, we've had some of these conversations offline. That's also a good teaching opportunity. It is. You can email that person and go, hey, you know, just want to make sure you're clear on how this goes. And, you know, here's where you get information on this. And this is kind of how it has to work. And I want to make sure you understand everything that's going on. And uh, and add in, which which I like to do, and I know you do it as well. Hey, you know, uh, if you need any, if you have any questions about kind of how it goes, there's a lot of overwhelming rules when you start feel free to email me, contact me through this, you know, email, you know, you might be able to, you might be able to shape and mentor a, a great cashier in the future from that one interaction or turn somebody off from the game, which is not what we want to do. All right. What do you think? What do you think about this idea? 
I can't type fast enough. Put this in your cash descriptions, your electronic, your online cash description. After finding the cash, make sure you physically sign the log. And you can put something like, and tell us this, you know, and, and take a moment and write a few words about why you were cashing today or, I don't know, something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a restating of the basic rules, but considering that some people are starting basically on the app now, they may be confused as to what it is, right? Yeah. So I don't think that's a bad idea. No, that's very good, Jeff. Yeah. I reply with some thanks for the guidance. See, they just don't know. I think that, I think there was some, um, there was one I, there was a time of not too long ago where um, I was finding some caches and every time I found one, it was, it was just like that. There was nothing logged and they had not physically signed a log, but they logged it online that they'd found it. So it's like, you know, and so maybe my, my initial thought was, well, they're just, they're either lazy or they, or, but then I thought maybe they just don't know that you're supposed to, <laughs> maybe they found it and they go, Oh, found it. And they didn't like look at the logbook or anything. They just found it and said, Oh, I've got it and moved on. I don't know. But you know what? I've admitted this before and I believe I've admitted it on this show before, but Early on, when I was into caching, I mean, brand new into caching, right? Right. Go out and sign. And this is when that, that $10 app was out, you know, which mm -hmm. I love that app. But uh, I know, me too. Um, I had read somewhere a blog or something about paperless caching, which really oh. meant going from GPS to logging it online, right? Right. Um, I thought that meant you just log it online and you save space on the log. And I went through several of several caches. Now I say several. I mean, it was like three or four, maybe. Like then it was probably, you know, 15 or 20. It wasn't like okay. several hundred. Um, and until somebody told me, they're like, hey, you're, you've got to sign the log. And I'm like, no, I did it online. Why would I have to go sign that also? Um, I mean, I was there. I found the caches. You know, I took a pictures of them. I even have pictures online of me with the cache and stuff. Right. And uh, they were like, no, man, that's not how that works. But I could have gone on like that for a long time if I didn't have friendly cashers that would let me know the That's actual right. rules. It's easy to get confused about all that. Because, again, as we talked about before, the knowledge book, the rules and regulations, they're like 8,000 pages. Right. Also, actually, correct. Not everyone reads cash notes. That is very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. Um, don't, read, be, don't be silly. Silly, Gary. People don't read cash pages. Now, that's true. Not only that. Um, a lot of times those new cashers, if you were to go send them a message, a lot of them, you can't send a message because they've never logged in and set up their account. So, um, but okay. So, um, um, oh yeah. Um, so a couple of things we already talked about a couple of these, but, um, Hide the kind of caches you would like to find. We talk about that all the time. That's a good one. Yeah, you know, that seems pretty self-explanatory, but I would say the other only other offshoot of that is that is absolutely true. Yeah. However, I would go a little bit further and say um, 
you may also be like, there's a chance that Bounce Bounce doesn't like to find gadget caches. However, he has a skill and knows that people love to find those. Yeah. I'm all glad that he still puts those out, right? So there's a chance that you can hide caches that other people like to find more than you. So you're kind of giving back. I wouldn't say to limit it just to that, you know? Yeah. Um, hide caches that either you would like to find or you know people would like to find. Right, right. Well, and... Uh, you know, just, just again, in general, just to hide a cache, get out and hide a cache. I, I'm always surprised the number of people who've never hidden a cache who found a lot, but they've never contributed back. It's, it comes back to the, the next one, I guess, too, which is provide mentoring to new cash hires. We just talked about that. And the other one is, cause I got a lot to go. We got a lot to get through here. Yeah. Host workshops to teach about hiding and finding caches. So. Did you have, and you know, not to get into that long, because that's a whole other show by itself, but did you have a mentor when you first started? Uh, I did not. But I soaked it up pretty well. Yeah. So I looked at it as a, and I hid one actually fairly quickly, probably more quicker than I would normally suggest, but I was, after my first one, I was so hip deep in the game. I, I can't tell you how I was instantly in. I was in like one cache. I was in. So I am reading everything. I'm looking at pages yeah. and pages of information. You know, how do you do this? I did all the searching I could find. And I I read through cache pages and I read through all this information. And, you know, every time I found one, I was getting closer and closer to finding my own cache. You know, I'd look at containers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see how this is done. Log books, you know, I was okay. So <laughs> we had very different starts. I know. I found I number one over 600 days where I found number two. So I was in. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so. Well, maybe uh, one day we'll talk about mentors, but I had a great one to start off. And, that's good. Uh, but yeah. We'll talk about that some other day. But uh, and hosting workshops, I think, is huge. Everybody has a skill. Everybody yeah. has something they're decent at in the game, right? Or you probably wouldn't continue the game. Right. You don't have to be an expert, but somebody else probably wants to know about the thing that you know about. Right. If you host a workshop, you know, that's that only gives back to the community. That's huge. I would encourage everybody to do that. Um, and maybe we need to do a whole show about that as well, right? Hosting yeah. workshops for things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ian mentioned about giving back to the community. So that's mm -hmm. we're going to. We're switching gears, uh, 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 so we're going to go to something a little different. Okay. So that was all fun and dandy. We're moving on to a new topic, which is this one. Are we bringing joy to the game? Okay. So here is their part of their statement I'm going to read here. This is a very interesting question. Yeah, I agree. I've, uh, As you know... I've written a lot. It's never been published, but I've written a lot about this one question. About bringing joy. Yeah. Good. Several, uh, probably a couple hundred pages that have never been released about this one question. Oh, I think this is so important, but. Okay. Do you want me to, do you want to skip yeah, over it? Because we'll, we'll get way off on a tangent because I can save it, save it for the book that for a long time. So, okay. Uh, one measure of how we are doing with our customers. Again, this is, remember, this is the, Product team is talking to the data. The data team. Okay, they, okay. they had a, so keep that in context. Right. One measure of how we are doing with our our customers is the Q 
community pulse survey that they did conducted mm -hmm. by the community team each okay. quarter beginning in June of 2017. These graphs, and I can't show you the graph because I only got part of the info here. Uh, they show the change of what they call net promoter score, NPS. Have you ever heard about this? I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. It's something that they do internally. Net it's promoter like a Nielsen rating for geocaches? I guess so. Well, okay. kind of. It's, it's more of a Remember, we're talking about joy, bringing joy to the game. Net promoter score and the levels of satisfaction with headquarters, and they break it down by membership level. So NPS, net, net promoter score, and satisfaction right. levels have remained fairly stagnant since we started tracking these numbers. Hmm. Uh, compiled data include quali uh, qualitative comments, Provided by our users and available in this Google Doc, which I don't, I don't have yeah. the Google Doc. In addition to looking at input from the community, we can take a measure of our progress by reviewing how many features or products we have given to the community that we feel are worthy of release note threads in the forums, and what the response has been to those releases. Mm. Uh, Chris Ronan, Rock Chuck good friend yep. of ours who is in charge of the marketing side of things yeah offered an insightful assessment of 11 releases that they posted in the past year so one of them that they did was um uh threads related to this to a similar project which was the new search map this was in 2018 so hold on let me actually understand this uh and as andy mentioned nps is a, a metric across other Oh, is it? Okay. Other agencies, but for geocaching, I've never heard it being used. Right. But it, from what I'm understanding, they're measuring um, their product release as they're measuring the quality of it and whether they're adding value based on forum threads. Well. And other surveys, right? Yeah. They're looking okay. at it from a uh, products we have given to the community. We feel are worthy of release. No, they're just saying it's worthy of a release note, um, and what the responses have been to those releases. So they they did a certain number of releases. They did eleven releases, yeah. and they were um, they tried to they were determining whether this was something that was bringing more joy, I guess, to the game. Right. So Hopefully what I'm not measuring that by their forums because no, no, I do not engage in those. No, I don't either. So yeah. one was the new search map, which, uh, they, I, I'm, I'm there with her. That was, which I'm sorry. I'm on another page. I, that, I, she said she hadn't been in, involved in the forums in years and I have not either. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't looked in the forum in years. We have, we haven't, we haven't either. Um, yeah, off a of pull survey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah I think you're right. Doing surveys based on. All right, that makes sense. All right, continue. So, one of the items they they did. This is something that they did was a new search map, and they determined that that did not bring any joy, <laughs> any additional joy to the game by adding the search map. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I can see that. It's sort of a you know. It's not really. Here's why I think that is. Okay. I think the search map was improved. However, you know, and 
I don't take anything away from HQ because I think they've done a great job over the last few years and in, in improving products, but we're going to get to those. Yeah. But people already had a way to do everything they added, right? Yeah. Like they really invested cashers, yeah. whether it's GSAC or Project GC or their other, they had already done workarounds for everything that they added. So they didn't add anything that you couldn't do before. They yeah. just added it into their main line. We, uh, they didn't add anything that we hadn't already figured out a way to do. Does that make sense? Yes. So there was no really value added other than it brought it over to the main product. Yeah. Um, they had a couple others in here that were like new navigation basically was a meh. They had a couple that they announced that were actually the opposite. They felt like they were that the, the community saw this. They were taking something away, which I don't see how they're taking something away, which was send to GPS and JavaScript on profile pages. I don't know if that's taking something away. So people got used to being able to program things yeah. in a certain way or write or design things a certain way. Now, send to GPS. Did they take that away? I don't know. I don't use a GPS. Yeah, I don't either. But I, I think I think they had at one point. If they took that away, I guess that could affect people. But yeah, that would be that would be bad. Um, Adventure Labs. They didn't comment on here, but I think Adventure Labs would add joy because some people oh like. Oh my them. gosh! Yeah, I like them. I do too. I was dubious about them at first. However, since then I have gotten on board and I like having them, especially during this uh, Corona time when, you know, you want to stay kind of distant from thing and not touch stuff. Yeah. I think it actually turned out to be a really good thing. Yeah. Um, that's really for another show too. We're going to, we're going to do a show on adventure labs from our perspective. Cause I think it's a, it's a be a good show. Good. I'm ready for um, the local library. So mine can be found again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, mine's inside of a inside of a museum. Yeah. And the museum yeah. is at a, nobody can go see them. <laughs> no, and they're at a restaurant museum. So the restaurant's closed. Therefore, everything else is closed. Um, so um, you know that's kind of bad. Yeah. Um, so um, next one was a book a booking. Uh, Updating the regional names in our database, whatever. No, nothing important, but I don't think that affects anybody, does it? No, but here's something interesting. This is kind of wanted to get to this section. Was this question? Or this is something they 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 added, and they say that it did provide value. But okay. I don't want to see what your thoughts are on this one. Okay. This is back 2018, remember? So this was when this first came out. Okay. Event start and end times on cash pages. Um, I can see why that would add value because I have hosted a bunch of events. As a matter yeah. of fact, I don't even know how many I've hosted. Let me go take a look. This you is relevant to this. Um, <laughs> not that I'm an expert by any means, right? But I have hosted, um, currently I've hosted 123 events. Okay. And it's very easy to forget the start and end time. Yes. Now that it's programmed in there and it goes straight to the app, you can easily find the start and end time on it. Um, I have before when I'm attending events, I have missed an event because I didn't pay attention. It was my fault, right? Because nobody reads, right? But uh, I think that's a good thing. So you can go in there, you can see the start and end time. And uh, it's it's an easy thing that you know where to go find it. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I, as Ian says, I believe that's a value add. I think that's something that's a, 
a stat for the page. It needs to be in the same place every time. So I, I think they did a good job with that one. Yeah. So a little value on that. So, um, so their summary, their summary is this. Uh, while we have brought some joy to the game an objective review of our product releases would indicate that we're not bringing enough of it. So that was their definition or their, their conclusion, I guess, of the cash of the bringing joy to the game, which is fine. That, that's I like the fact that they are reviewing that. I mean, that's well, that's the fact that they're trying to actually add value to the game and add joy. Um, that's important in and of itself, right? I mean, right. They're, they're trying to improve the game, which is always a good thing. Yes. All right. We're moving on to another topic. I'm just rolling through the top. This, by the way, this is great. Yeah, I just trolling around found this thing. You Some know how it is. Connection that you can't tell us about. I see how it is. Yeah, I reveal all my secrets. Okay, so here is here is the next question: How many caches are there per active user? Active user. So, uh, chat room, there's your question: How many caches are there per active user? This was twenty. Not very high. 2018. So, so I remember that we passed two million caches, right. and I think I heard that there's, I would say there's more caches than active users, but I would say it's not that many. Maybe, mm, I'm thinking maybe less than one and a half. Wow, you're going. You 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 rolled low. Yes, I did roll low with this one. Rhonda says about four. Uh, well, that's very specific, Teresa. Sure. One point seven three. Um, how are they defining active users? Point eight three. Yeah, I I, I I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. Active is the key. You are right. I, I think that they use active. Oh, actually, it was in there. Active is. Um, if they've uh, found a cache within the past year. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna That's guess 25 then. Not the greatest. So you are actually very, very close to the correct answer on that. Nice pie, pie. I love that. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> even with an E too. I love it. <laughs> uh, looking at the average per country. Worldwide rate is about 1.55 caches per cacher. In the U.S. it's 1.74. Yes, you're dead on. Way to go! Nice. Yeah, a lot of people on. Uh, close two, two. Yeah, not too bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's active based on Ian. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. That's. Yeah, uh, we all have a different it. definition of active, right? Yeah, we wouldn't call that. You and I would, would probably not not call that active. So. So, hey, John. so we know that there's more than one cache per cacher, per active, yeah. current active cacher. So I wonder how many, this may be in your, in your survey, I don't know. Of all the accounts out there, how many of them are, what percentage of them are considered currently active? Yeah, we're, we'll get to that. Okay, okay, good. We'll get to that. That's interesting. Um, so quick shout out, Je uh, Jesse, uh, John crew or J crew are there. He, um, he's about the only person in my area that puts caches out and he doesn't live here. He's from Greenville. He, he lives down in Houston area. Oh, very cool. But 
I like when he comes up to this area because he'll hide caches. I can go find caches. So nice. We need more caches in our area, which he knows that too. We need to. I need to do more recruiting, I guess, for geocaching. You so. have to do some workshops. I know. I need to do some workshops. All right. So next question is, how are we doing on time? Well, we're getting there. We're. I don't want. So let me throw this question out for you. Okay. Give me the question, and then we'll talk about it. So here is the next question. What are the cash publishing trends and health over time? Um, I will define that for you. Yeah, I was going to say I've got some opinions, but I don't know if it's what you're talking about. So cash publication. Publish, publication peaked in 2012. It may be different now. Again, this is two years old. Yeah, okay. Publication peaked in 2012 in terms of, of both total published caches and number of accounts hiding them. The reason for the recent decline might be partially blamed on, we don't know, lagging interest, cash saturation, which we probably we might get to yeah. tonight here in a minute. Cash saturation in many areas is often pointed to as a source. Um, regarding our measure of geocache health, we have seen very gradual up, upward tick in this sense implementation with some larger steps along the way due to changes in the way the score is calculated. So the next question for that would be this one. What are the cash finding trends in health over time? So, Cash has peaked around 2012 and have been declining since for hides. Some, some. Oh, and okay. Some say, so, right, cash saturation, which we, cash saturation is going to come up here in a minute too. Okay. Cash finding trends. Uh, I would think it would be very similar. If there's more activity, I would think it'd be more activity both in hides and finds. So I would think maybe, maybe there's a delay. So maybe the peak, if you've got a peak, Maybe 2013, 2014? Yeah, well, you're you're almost exactly on. When it comes to cash fines, the trend does not appear to be okay. as dire as it looks when cash hides. Total fines and accounts participating peaked in 2015, but both saw an uptick last year relative to the Yeah. The the relative to um 2017. Mm -hmm. So um so cash saturation, that is an interesting question. Again, these are these can almost be their own shows, but yeah. We're just gonna kind of roll through them. Do we have too many caches? We have, have you have you found too many caches, Jesse? Um, absolutely. <laughs> um I would say that we have too many low quality caches. You can never have too many high quality caches, right? Right. Like I have never gone to a cache that was awesome and gone. I don't want to see any more of these, <laughs> but I have gone to a pill ball under a bush, as I've mentioned before and said, you know, it's a smiley, but man, you know, like it didn't add to my joy and experience at all. Right. Um, do we have too many fire and forget caches? 100%. Absolutely do. You sure. know, I understand that numbers are great and I go on numbers runs once a year and those are tons of fun. Right. But would I be okay if cash highs were limited and they became higher and higher quality? Yeah, I would. I would I would be okay with not making as many numbers. 
right? Sure. Um, if each experience was a lot of fun. Sure. You know, as opposed to being able to go out as an active cashier and finding 250 okay caches a month. Yeah. That was cut down to 25 and they were all very cool. That's value added in my opinion. Now I have no idea how that would ever happen. Right. I, I know. Yeah. No clue. But I'm just saying I would trade off. I would trade off 10% of the caches I find as awesome caches as opposed to the other, which are just meh. Sure. But that's just my opinion. Other people are not on the same thing. No, you know, I agree. Power trails or whatever, but that's what I would say. We have too many meh caches. No, I agree. I mean, we've, there's many times when we as a group go out and, you know, I'm the kind of the, I tend to be the entertainment directors that were and trying to get all the caches lined up. Right. And I'm finding that we have to travel. We usually go to a set area with, with our little, little group. And I want to kind of skip. We still find a few LPCs just because they're right, they're right there. They're right next to each other almost. So it's like, eh, let's just grab it and let's move on, you know, that kind of thing. So um, there was a good question earlier. Let me grab it. And uh, I do not, Teresa, know the answer to this. I think I know basically when did virtual caches stop being published? Uh, we're talking about the first round. Yeah, it was around yeah. 2002, right? Uh, is that when it was? Yeah, 2002, 2004, something like that. And they stopped being published because reviewers were having trouble distinguishing quality yeah. from non-quality ones. And they were becoming less and less um, special. Yeah. But they've recently done two rounds of right. uh, rewards, virtual rewards. rewards. Right. And uh, so, so actually that speaks to the theory, right? So they're limiting the caches, you really have to apply for them to get the virtuals now. Right. Um, so you only get one, right? And you don't get to repeat it. So you're not just firing off at every McDonald's as you drive by a virtual cache. You <laughs> are, uh, you really you only get one. So the quality is super high on most of the virtuals that I've found that have been re-released. The virtual yeah. rewards. It's pretty rare to find one that's not very good. Yeah. And like you said, it was a long time. In fact, you and I were, we, we, we lobbied for, Virtuals to come back, and of course they did. I don't know if that's because of us. Probably not, but I like, yeah. I like to think we had something to do with it. UC says 2005. That, that may actually, absolutely yeah. be correct. I don't know when they stopped. I know it was way before I got into the game. So, yeah. Thank you. The Mad Fin comes through once that's again. Um, so, well, and Ryan had it and Sherry. Good job, y'all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so cash saturation. This is an interesting question. Uh, the, ca the question as to whether or not we have too many caches is a complex one. It, of course, depends on where you are looking, how active the community is in your area. For example, where I live, we don't have cache saturation. Well, I put a lot of caches out, but I've left some areas. I, I'm kind of hoping. And, of course, uh, a buddy from down in Houston, J. Crew, he comes up, he's put some out which was nice, was yeah. sort of a refreshing to go find caches. Uh, he's got one I need to go do. I, I know. I'm, I feel bad, but uh, I, I gotta get out and get, I'll get out and get his other one one of these days soon. This image, uh, they have an image showing 25% um, of a city area is currently occupied by caches. Do you know what city that would be? It's their city, so where? Uh, Seattle. 
Oh, well, that makes sense. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It's mine is not saturated. My area is not saturated. So um, it depends what area you're saying. If you're talking about in the middle of town, maybe. And if you're talking about all the mountains that I have right by here, those are not saturated. So right. Um so that's an interesting question. It is, and I think the more urban your area, the more saturated it's gonna be. The more rural your area or you know, wilderness or whatever else, it's not gonna be as saturated. And you're correct, Seattle. Mm-hmm. 25%. Uh, okay. Uh, bu- 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 they talk about different places. City of, of uh, Cologne, Germany, which is the most populated city. Most populated city in the most active region of Germany. Their saturation is similar. And theirs is 27%, which is interesting. Um, however, this is a bit misleading. As seen, they show some information there. The city core of of Cologne is much more densely populated with caches than Seattle. In addition, a much larger percentage of these are puzzles and multifinals, which users, of course, can't see. Right, right. Uh, We don't want to give away the answers to these uh, stages, so, of course, they change the the Yeah, absolutely. Uh, When looking at a statewide degree of saturation... There is, of course, a lot more room. Makes sense. All ca- you know, there's more room. Ne- not necessarily room for caches because a lot of places you cannot put caches right uh, in that open space. Right, and we know that's not on the uh, the map because it couldn't be. Right. So, for example, it depends on your state. Um, one thing that um, I have noticed or uh, is that. Uh, we've talked about this before, how Texas, everything's fenced. Everywhere you go is fenced. Whereas I think you look at, um, you've, you've probably, um, and we, we you and I actually talked about this the other day because I like to put an a, a earth cache here in town. Mm-hmm. And I think you even mentioned, we talked about um, a fence. And I guess you're more you are more used to seeing an area where there isn't a fence. Right. Right. Out in the middle of nowhere, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, which middle of nowhere, which would indicate to you that it's not necessarily private. Is that the way you would look at it? Well, I mean, a fence would indicate that it is more than sure. the lack of a fence would indicate that it wasn't. Yeah. It depends depends on where you live. A fence, that would make me think I'm just going to move on. Right. So, yeah. right. So if you were looking at a, if you saw something and you're like, okay, that looks like it could possibly be an earth cache, potential earth cache location. Right. But if it's fenced off, you're like, eh, I don't want to deal with it. Private property, don't want to deal with it. Well, maybe viewable from a distance, but I wouldn't want to create a situation like we talked about earlier, thinking of the location. Yeah. It's going to make anybody that doesn't pay attention want to cross, cross the fence line. Gotcha. You know, because we know we've already discussed this. People do not read cache descriptions. Yeah. If you have GZ over there at the mountain that's on somebody's private property, they may just go straight to it and be like, oh, there's a cache there, so I can jump the fence. Well, I don't want to do that. So, yeah. So they did a check on their their state because, again, they're talking about, you know, uh, the HQ folk. Right. And they found that 1.3% of Washington state's area is saturated. But again, what's that? That's hardly any of it. 
Right. So really there's, and now even if, and there's a good chunk of, of Washington that you can't, you couldn't be able to put a cache. I mean, right. for whatever reason, it's in a park, it's in a national park or something like that, or there's reasons oh, why houses, right? Private property and houses. Private property. Yeah. There's you take all the private property out of it. That'd be pretty interesting. Right. But even with all that being said, They've got a lot of room, 1.3%, and then yeah. add in, I don't know, you, you know, even if they say you added in 30% of that is area that's is off limits, you still have a lot of area, you know. Um, yeah, EarthCast reviewers require you to tell them who gave you permission to create the app. Which, here's the deal. I don't want to, like because I don't want to talk good about earth caches, right? I mean, <laughs> you can't, right? Like, I don't hate him as much as I used to, but I don't want to just talk really good out of him. But what he just mentioned is how all caches should be. True. They sh the reviewers should be asking questions like, who gave you permission to put this in the Walmart parking lot? Right. Oh, nobody, right? It's just public property. That's not public <laughs> property. Right. We do it all that we all do it all the time. Don't get me wrong. I've hidden many caches without asking permission, right? Right. Um, anybody that says they haven't, they're lying. Not telling the truth. Um, they may be. There may be some people out there, but they actually ask you, like, who gave you permission to do this? Right. It would be interesting to see what would happen if all caches were under that same scrutiny. Right. All right. Next. Um, so we covered basically. Um, so. Washington, great questions on this. I've really enjoyed this. I know. Hopefully, um, yeah. I hope everybody else did too. Just a couple more left, and we'll be done tonight. Uh, so, Washington is a fairly typical Western state when it comes to cash density, but Germany and especially the Westphalen state. You know, there's seven states basically mm -hmm. in Germany. Um, they're a whole different animal because uh, that is one of the densest cash areas in the world. Saturation level for the entire region is 13.9%. Mm. 11 times that of Washington. And like Washington, yeah. they do not factor in areas off limits to caching, although um, LTD coverage of the area is approaching 100%. Wow. So, interesting. I mean, theoretically, it could happen that there could be nowhere in a single town that you could hide a geocache. It's potential. It's potential. I don't think we'll ever see that. Hopefully we don't ever see that. Which brings me <laughs> to the next, almost the last question, which is, this is them, of course, not, uh, not you and I. Should we, as in HQ, enforce high-quality caches? So, first of all, I would say uh, there's no way to do it. So let's say there theoretically was a way First of all, you have to define what a high-quality cache is. That's, that's the next part of the, that's the yeah. next thing. Second of all, who determines that? How do we define quality? Right, right. Because there's many different opinions on that, right? Right. Um, could they set some rules? Right. Could they say you can't use a busted pill bottle with <laughs> your prescription barely ripped off of it, thrown under a bush? Because it provides nothing to the game. Right. They could say that. But that yep. would involve a lot of work. So the reviewer would have to say, why is this cache being hidden? Right? So what's your container? 
what's the hide like and why did you hide it here? Like if they had questions like, what's your story on your cash page, which they can see, what right. does the container actually look like and send me a picture? And right. then three, why did you hide this cash here? If the answer to that was busted pill bottle under a bush because it was open, probably, you know, that wouldn't be a good one. Now, how long would that slow down cash publishing? I right. heard people complain when their cash wasn't published within three days. Um, this would be weeks and weeks as caches were, you know what I mean? John, what's wrong with a good Ziploc with a log in it? I have found that. <laughs> I think we all have. You know, here's the deal. And I, here's what I'm going to say to this. I don't think HU has the staff to be able to do that. They'd have to have 10 times the number of reviewers, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, do we really want that? Because I know many, many people, probably people guilty in the chat room, Yep. That have hidden these low quality caches just because, and I've even seen it on a cache page. I hid this one just because there was no cash here. Yeah. Right. We've all seen that, right? Uh, containers should all be high quality. They should be marked and labeled. And, you know, unless they're like a, you know, hidden in plain sight type of deal where they're, you know, um, there's a, it would cut down on. So if we went by that description, what percentage of caches would actually meet that qualification? Oh, gosh. Out of um, all that you found, how many meet? There was a good reason to be there. The cache page was written up well. The container was proper. And we'll just take the permission part out, right? But okay. if you had all of that, how many of the cache, what do you think percentage of the caches are that you think have met all of the qualities of a good cache? Like... Oh. Reason to be there, good location, good container, good story, enjoyable experience all around. Now, don't get me wrong. I like cashing. Every time I find a cash, I'm happy I found it. However, how many do you think meet that higher criteria of what they would call a quality cash? Yeah. Of course, it's different. Oh, I'm busted with this one. Christy gotcha. No. How many favorite ones have you granted? Um, if, that's the, if, <laughs> if that is the criteria, there's not a lot of good caches out there. But I'm really, yeah. really stingy, so. Yeah. Um, I Again, it, I think that some caches are probably better than what other people think are good. I was, but even me, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge optimist on, um, um, you know, right, you know right. I like me an LPC just because I'm still fascinated by the fact that I can find something with my phone. Uh, I'm still, I don't pass those up. I I've still been, no. Oh yeah. But I'm still, at all. I'm surprised. That reads the quality threshold in my opinion. yeah but i'm a little different i mean I, I i flip a light switch on i'm still i'm still mesmerized by the fact that this thing works like it does electricity still still uh i find it fascinating but but even me i would say maybe 30 percent meet the quality threshold yeah meet the quality threshold yeah. well meet what i think your quality threshold is or even well no i'm sorry meet my quality threshold you probably found less percentage than that so, I don't know, right? If you take out the like the power runs that I've done, so yep. once a year I go on power runs, very few of those are quality, right? Because we go intentionally for a geo art run. Yeah. So like, that doesn't meet that criteria. It does for another reason, but let's taking those aside. Yep. Maybe 20, 25% of them meet a high quality standard. Right. And I don't even mean like overall overwhelming favorite points and sure. you know, horrible. I just meet 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 a quality standard. I would say about twenty five percent. 
Okay. Well, we're close. Yeah. I'm not saying that they should institute my rule and get right. rid of the other 75% because I enjoy getting those too. I'm just saying if we're talking about defining quality and only allowing those, it would cut down a lot of the caches that are out there. Sure. Sure. Um, and then this is interesting. This is a comment from their their own notes, which I think is yeah. Note that one reason virtual caches were grandfathered is that enforcing quality with them placed undue burden on community volunteers, which we kind of already talked about. So yeah, and well, like Sherry just said, everybody on here has a definition, a different definition of higher low quality. Absolutely, yeah. right. You and I even have a different definition of what our ultimate experience of a geocache. If we found one tomorrow and we could design the perfect experience, yours and mine definition would be absolutely different. Right. Eric points this out. The fact that you're that you and I are not able to come to an I wouldn't say come to an agreement is not really what we're trying to do between the two of us. Um, it can't be done. Whose standards of, of good, yours or mine? Um, and that's exactly why I wouldn't want to be a reviewer or making these decisions. We just get to talk about it <laughs> and yeah, we don't yeah. have to be right. <laughs> We're just talking on the internet about it. And, you know, again, if visualize the best cash experience you could get tomorrow, if you're going out for cash tomorrow and visualize that in your head, you don't have to define it right now. Right. Just visualize that. Does it involve a tree climb, a kayak or a mountain, uh, a, you know, a 10 mile mountain hike? Cause mine sure does. Sure. <laughs> So me and you have completely different opinions of those. And yeah. uh, that's why I'm very glad that one, I will never be a reviewer because no, thank you. Um, no, and two, I'm glad I don't have to make the rules for this because then only people that have my exact opinion would be happy. Right. So. And last topic for tonight. Uh, this is an interesting one. I don't have a lot of data from them. But we can talk about it because there's a lot here to talk about as we wrap wrap up tonight. What is the impact of poor caches? I don't know what their opinion is going to be, but I would say it would turn people off from the game. Okay, right. So give people a bad impression that are both players and that have just heard about it. Like So I'm thinking of a poor quality cache, right? So in my mind, the first thing that pops up is didn't get permission. So yep. somebody stumbles upon it. Maybe that's the property owner. Right. Um, it's an area you're not supposed to be in. Right. It looks like trash, which I have found ones that absolutely look like trash, right? I have found a Sprite bottle with a ripped up piece of paper in it. <laughs> right. On, in a bush in a park. And if I was an official and I came across that and that's my exposure to geocaching, I would eliminate geocaching in that park altogether. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Turns off newbies. Yeah. Think about if you start this new game. My very first experience was what? a pill bottle under a lamppost in a local area. And I went home and told my family and they go, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not picking up trash. <laughs> um, right. So I think That's it's an overall negative experience for people who would come in contact. You know, if somebody comes upon like a, uh, Adi Olson or WB Tim or bounce bounce cash. Right. And that's their first experience. Holy crap. What if they never find another one? They're going to tell people that is the awesomest game ever whether they do it or not. Right. Right. Now, they're going to be disappointed afterwards. But <laughs> um, imagine that as opposed to, I found a busted Tupperware container filled with water and a soggy log, you know, in a drainage ditch. And I got yelled at by the property owner when I did it. That is completely different experiences. And 
you know, which one is going to be better for the game and as a whole? Um, so they have a long explanation. So I'm going to go ahead and just put it in here because it'll be easier to look at. But okay. yeah, somebody, um, uh, I think Husker Medic's right. Poor That's quality catches based breed acceptance of more poor quality catches in decline of the game. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Um, I think you and I one time we found we found the whole baggie and you know with a log in it. And you're like, why is this still? <laughs> why yeah. is it the? Where's the cash owner? Why is you know that may have even been one that you go. <laughs> it was like the Mikey commercial. I'm not yeah. archive it. You archive it. <laughs> yeah. Well, or even <laughs> you know what though? A lot of times the cash owner doesn't know. Agreed. Many um, times, many times, we have that coming up, but we're going to talk about the etiquette again. We've talked about it before, but I think it's time again. What process do you go through for needs maintenance and archive, and when should you and when shouldn't you? I think it's time to revisit that one again. So we're going to, yeah. And that goes back to well, if you're a cash owner, you should be checking all your caches. You should be. That's part of the contract if you hide in a cache like that. Yes. Under the listing service. But um, again, not everybody's going to do that. Um, no, or sometimes the, the you maybe just checked on. I've had some where I've just checked on them, and somebody goes, "Oh, this thing's, you know, um, you know, is got us, you know, well the soggy log." We we'll talk about that later sometime. But yeah, it's like Here, here's the answer to that right in the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. This is. This is kind of long. Let's see if I can put it in the uh, chat room. If not, I'll, I'll read it to you. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't even fit. So I'm going to do it in a couple different. I mean, we could we could do a whole show on what is the impact of poor caches. Now, it was summed up pretty good in the chat room already. Yeah. But it's just, it's just an ongoing thing. It's just like being – that's like saying what is the impact of being rude to your neighbor. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just going to just keep going. It's like uh, dominoes. Yeah. So this is interesting. They said that there was no correlation between, well, they weren't able to find one. Okay. So no correlation between high fund caches and the likelihood that an account finding one on their first outing would convert. Uh, I think they mean to convert to a full-time maybe convert. yeah, converting on day one before in ever finding a cache it would be a challenge. It would be challenging to determine the effect on the end of a life cycle, which was when a cashier quits as the cumulative effect of bad caches is hard to measure, even if you can accurately identify them. So, But I would like to see the reverse of that, right? So I agree. There a correlation between finding one, your first one being awesome, but is there a correlation between finding your first one and it being crappy and whether you stay in the game or not? Sure. And how do they even know? Let's say you and I signed up for geocaching today for the first time because somebody at work told us about it. Right. We go out and we find one that's like a soggy log under a bush, right? Right. How many going to log that thing? Like how many people are turned off before they ever even start the game? Um, Brad has a good point about tell newbies to start with caches that have favorite points. That's yeah. That's a good indication that it's probably, well, not necessarily, but probably uh, – Decent. Um, As a general rule, they generally are, right? 
Yeah. It's got are. my favorite points. It's probably more than the the random, you know, container. Or it's at least near a good cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, runoff. The avalanche effect, yes. The avalanche effect. That's that's for another show too. Yes, it is. Um okay, so the, basically that's um this uh if you're interested in interested in this, it was called um cash quality and health. Um I don't have um uh, I'll put it in I'll I'll put it in the show notes and I'll I'll I need to I gotta up to, I gotta upload some show notes anyway today. So I will stick this um <clears throat> webpage where I found this in the show notes. Okay. Um so people can take a look because it's not gonna do me any good to I mean I can give you the there's the, the link, but that's pretty useless. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need to copy that. Uh, I will put it in the show notes and I'll put it up. And I need to, I need to catch up. I'm a little behind on show notes. So I'll do that tonight. I've got a couple of few minutes. I'll take care of that. So like we right. a show every two or three days. So, so what do you think? What'd you think of that one? I thought that's some good information and uh, good discussion. Our yeah, chat room. Good discussion. I think probably 10 of those topics could be a show in and of themselves. Oh yeah. Uh, Ian mentioned about the yeah they're gonna search where they are yeah um, I don't know why I had to disable a cache uh, the other day and it's I told you about how and I hope to get out this weekend my plan is to get out this weekend and fix some I have a couple to fix but what's funny about it is is that and they are not these are fairly new cachers okay so they're not mm-hmm. like you and I where we see a DNF we see five DNFs in a row we go. Hmm, challenge accepted. Yeah, I know. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> these aren't these people, but why do they keep trying to go to my caches that need to be fixed? I don't understand that. You can look at a you can look at a cache page, and in my town there are lots of them. There's a lot of them, either, and I'm not the only one hiding caches here. But there's a lot of them that have, you know, the last five were were smileys. So. Mm-hmm. Go find those. No, they tend to they tend to to glam on to a couple DNFs, and then they're the third. And it's like, all right, all right, I get the message. All right, but yeah. it actually, actually works good because I'm like, all right, I will go fix it. You know, those uh, cache maintenance runs. I know some people hate them. Yeah, but I mean, if you have hundreds of caches, I can absolutely understand why you'd hate a cache maintenance run, right? Yeah, but if you don't. And you only have, you know, let's say maybe you have a couple dozen and you're going on a cash maintenance run. And let's say they're not all micros. You know, they actually have some room for contain, you know, in the container for uh, swag. That's kind of a fun day also. Oh, sure. Because you get to add new swag to it, check it out, clean it out, do everything else. And you know for a fact right afterwards that, you know, it's in good shape. And yeah. And you can put a, a needs, ma- not a needs maintenance, an owner maintenance log on there saying I add a new swag to it. And that's what the next person is going to see if they look online at all. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, so, and that's, that's really on me. I need to fix a couple um, and to get them to, I mean, I went ahead and to say, I was going to fix it anyway, but, and that gets into a whole other show too. Is like, these are ones that I'm pretty sure they're, they're probably not there. I've now I have a couple in town where I will get 
DNFs. It's not there. It's not there. And I will, I will look at that and go, yeah, you need to look close enough because these are hard. That's yeah. the nature of the difficulty. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I say it to myself. I don't, I don't berate them, but I'm like, it's a, it's a difficulty for, it's supposed to be hard. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I've actually had, and we have wonderful reviewers, so I'm not saying that, but there's almost an algorithm. And I think, it, cause it is, cause I know, I know Revan would not do this, but he's yeah. got an algorithm where he sends me, um, yeah, I do have some evil nanos. Um, so we're doing evil hides this weekend too, by the way, this oh, Sunday. Yeah. That's one. Dave put us right into the uh, talk about uh, Sunday, talking about evil hides. Come back on Sunday, 8 p.m. Central uh, Daylight Time. Convert it to whatever yours is and come join us to talk about evil hides. But the the thing about it is that um, I'll get a note from my reviewer going, hey, you might want to check on this. And I, I think it's a it's a – I don't know if you get these two. It's an auto-generated, yeah. It's auto-generated. And I'm like yeah, – It kicks to them when they get two or three DNFs in a row. Right. I don't know what the algorithm is, right? But – they have something, they have a tool yeah. that's part of the viewer's tool chest. Yeah. That's this thing behind this, you know, the health score behind the scenes or whatever. And it kicks to them and it, you know, kicks over or whatever. Um, <laughs> Seems it should be easier. Uh, no, it's not yeah. supposed to be easier. Not for a difficulty four. That's the point of the rating system. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's kind of like the opposite. I know to you, I've got a couple, I've got one at a, at a motel or a, a hotel and it's designed to be very easy because I want people to find it. If they're coming through town, we've talked about this. Yeah. Coming through town, yeah. I want there to be an easy cash just in case they're not the driver. Um, and they don't have time to, to do anything else, but they want to find a cash in town. Maybe it's a County run, whatever. And invariably, I'll get people go, that was easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's. I have one just like that. It's called, I think it's called like the easiest where I go in the world or whatever. Yeah, that's right. And it's literally a one, one where I go. And it's actually uh, rated as well. You walk up. The same thing that write up says if you're traveling, it's over by the airport. If you're yeah. traveling through here and you want to get a non traditional cash, this is one you could do. You know, just to get an easy icon or whatever in the parking lot. And I do get one every once in a while. They're like, oh, this was too easy. I'm like, did you read the title? But most of them are like, thank you so much. I had no time. It was a layover and I got a non-traditional for a challenge or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. 90% of the ones I get are, thank you so much. I I didn't have, you know, the very thing I wanted, which was I didn't have any time or I'm with some friends and, um, you know, we're traveling across the traveling across Texas I didn't have time to do anything else, and it was right there, so I could walk to it, et cetera. So, but you know right. what? It's and this is for another show too. But right, yep. I cannot tell you how frustrating it is that that one gets tons of favorite points, right? And it's the simplest one I've ever built, right? Yet I have some very complicated, intricate sounds, everything else, you know, good experience, and it gets half the favorite points of that one. And this is literally a one-one like give me cash and it gets tons of favorite points. Right. This other one that I spent months planning, maybe even less than half, maybe a quarter. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? You yeah. know, awesome container, trashy container. Right. Oh, I can never guess why people get favorite points sometimes. So I know. 
that that's a boggle mind boggle as it well. Is, it is. All right, well, cool. That was fun. That was good. That's a good find. You know, there's always weird things like that out there. I'm glad you found that one. Yeah, I was glad I ran across that. I figured that'd be a good Tuesday night, uh, just for fun. Yeah, less serious, um, kind of topical, just for fun. The podcast that wants to go away, which is rare. <laughs> Who else can say that they have a podcast they want? We want this thing to die. We want this this podcast to die. Not all the podcasts, just Tuesday. Just the Tuesday. Just Tuesday no, just this Tuesday. Just this Tuesday. That's what I mean. Because yeah. <laughs> next Tuesday, we're back to Gadget Talk. And Gadget Talk is booming. And we're so thankful that Bounce Bounce does Gadget Talk. And that is uh, that is a a bell cow now for... Well, it's adding joy to the game, right? That's yep. his version. That's our version of adding joy to the game because we're helping people improve their game put out better caches, which is adding joy all around. So that ties into tonight pretty well. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody. Um, and we will see you Sunday, 8 PM. Talk about evil hides. Bye everybody. Bye. In broadcast. <laughs>